0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Loft and Loaded JDM, a Canadian and Toronto-based podcast. I'm your host, Jay Clay, and the purpose of this podcast is to share my passion and joy of JDM car culture and how other things like anime and gaming have had an amazing influence on my life and others I know. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy sharing this with you guys. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Locked and Loaded JDM. Uh, I'm your host, Jamal, a.k.a. J. Clay. And just to let you know, there's actually going to be a change to the name. So uh, soon enough, uh, you'll see the name. Uh, It's going to be Locked Automotive Media, just so that I have the ability to expand the genre of vehicles. Personally, I still am a JDM enthusiast at heart, but I want to be able to give you and myself ability to venture on to other vehicles other than just JDM just because we're all car enthusiasts and we all enjoy it. But uh, today I have a special guest goes by the uh, name C1JDM and he's a young car enthusiast and I wanted to have him on the podcast today to give you guys an idea that there could be people as young as a teenager and people as old as (laughs) your grandpa or anything like that (laughs) that are genuine car enthusiast so i just want to welcome you c1 jdm to the podcast thank you for uh being here thank you for having me Madison.
1: it's an honor being here
0: Thanks. and uh, being on the podcast my
1: first podcast i've been on so
0: and i I'm, I'm i'm glad and honored that you were actually choose my podcast to be the first one yeah. <laughs> really appreciate that so um why don't you just give a short background about yourself for the uh, fans
1: i mean yeah like, so Hi everyone, um, I go on uh, social media by C1JDM, I'm a young car enthusiast, I'm 15 and I'm from the United Kingdom and I've been I've been into cars my whole life and then it was around 11 or 12 where I like discovered JDM and like the JDM car scene and what it actually meant and like the true values of it and that's what made me a JDM enthusiast. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, um, I make like, a lot of posts on cars. And
0: yeah. That's wicked, man. Um, what was it that uh, when you were 12 that you discovered it? Like, what was that? Um, what's that origin story? I'm actually curious.
1: Yeah, so it started off when I, I discovered a lot more, a lot of YouTubers. And then I can't remember who it was. I'm still trying to find out to this day. But there was this one YouTuber with this red uh, fd rx7 and i don't know what it was i just fell in love with the car i just <laughs> loved the way it looked and i remember that's the only thing i watched was just rx7 fd videos all day every day and then i think the, one of the first channels i came across was adam lz and then that really like opened up a whole new book it got me into like um nissan and stuff like that car brands like that and then i came across more japanese uh like the true JDM uh, car, car YouTube channel, such as Best Motoring. And then that's where I've got my information from. And then when I was 13, uh, it, like, I really started to like research cars and then that's what
0: made me who I am today. Wow, that's awesome, man. Like <laughs> at such a young age too, man, that's, that's actually uncanny. I can tell you on my, on my part, like I have been into cars since a young age, but not that young. And I didn't know mm-hmm. about any of these uh, um, like, I guess you could say resources such as best motoring or um, Adam LZ until maybe like my early or late twenties. So uh, I commend you, but that even, I even goes to show you that like with the internet today, compared to back in my day, it makes things so much easily accessible, so much more easy, easily accessible, you know, like you, you you're able to see best motoring and able to see things like i can tell you for even an example like this is how i had to had to uh, um, this is how i had to actually learn about cars like this right here <laughs> Old yeah that's
1: that's crazy because now there's so many youtube videos there's like millions and millions of car youtube videos everywhere it's just like so easy to like find out information and then yeah it's just I feel like people don't even utilize it enough. Uh,
0: like we have it right at our fingertips as well. So exactly, exactly, and that's 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 awesome. Like, and you know, it's even cooler to know that it was an FD that uh, kind of really started your your uh, like JDM frenzy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Takahashi Kesuke, right? You know, he's the he's the leader of the uh, well, the second leader of our sons. So can't go wrong with that car. Have you actually ever? seen an fd in person or been inside one
1: oh wow! Well, i've seen quite a few to be honest there was one on my street that i lived on okay and i could not tell you enough i went down that street every day and just stared at the car you know like when i when i first saw the car i i was so shocked i was like it felt like my heart was just beating out my chest when i saw it i was like this was the car that i was watching so many youtube videos on and then randomly i was just walking down the street and then there's just one guy just has a white rx7 with i believe it was te's um they had that same kind of um wheel design and they were gold and it was very low to the ground and it had a massive exhaust at the back and then i was just in awe when i saw it and then it was another one i think it was it was quite far from me but it was at like, one of the keenest rx7s i saw it's completely stuck and yeah it just made me appreciate the car more because i got to see it in person and then it just i didn't have to explain it it just that it took everything to new level
0: that's awesome man that is that's that's really cool like and those are those are both that that was an fd right not a fc because every time i'm not going to lie anytime i think of a white rx7 i think of uh the yeah FC. So it was FD, right? Yeah, it was an FD. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so you obviously have expanded your knowledge in regards to the vast array of JDM vehicles. Um, and you've obviously been doing this for the last, what, three, four years, right? Am I right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, what... Got you into, I guess you could say, expanding your knowledge of JDM vehicles because it's not only RX sevens you know about. I've seen you on Instagram, which I've been following pretty tenaciously, uh, post a lot of different vehicles. Which, to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of people your age and not even and people even my age or older don't even know about some of the cars you've uh, like tenaciously placed uh, a complete explanation of, like almost Wikipedia like, of the uh, vehicles and the backgrounds and. The historical um um beginnings and 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 how it expanded so how did, how did that come to pass um it was it was more of
1: when when i found out when i discovered bigger youtube channels they all had like their own their own, their own cars and then i was i had, it was just it was just something like every time i saw a car and i didn't know what it is i went to great lengths to find out what that car was even if i didn't know what brand it was i would search videos and photos all day trying to find out what car it was and then eventually i started to like like notice and like identify cars quicker and then it was actually it was actually albert actually got me into cars like like, (laughs) uh, in depth because from him uh I found out who Captain Bradford was. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah. On Instagram, JDM Masters, and then the way they did things, it just inspired me a lot. I was like, I want to do something like that, but then kind of have my own twist on it because the like the younger generation that are around my age, they don't, they're not really like as like knowledgeable as in like certain on certain cars that I would like them to be so i kind of created it to help people my whole platform yeah
0: no that's awesome man because you're right um i can say the same thing uh a lot of people who walk up to my car they know my car (laughs) they know about the gtr uh but they don't know the the history of the car they don't know the background they know don't know how it came to be and that's why like i even um i appreciate your page and the information you put out because thank you it really shows that all these vehicles all these i like to call them treasures that we are now able to enjoy started from somewhere so like when i when i hear people like oh i don't like that it's too old i'm like well buddy like (laughs) you have to appreciate where things began to understand and really appreciate where things are you know yeah so i i feel like you already grasped that concept that concept at a very young age so uh like honestly kudos to you man that's awesome and yeah um yeah, Al- Albo, he's a great guy, and Captain Rabbit is a good person too. Um, and their pages are very, very, very unique, and they're very unique, just like your page on IG. Uh, their channels are very unique, and I think that's uh, something we can appreciate because uh, you can tell, just like yourself and like m- myself as well, they're very passionate about their their interests about cars, about sharing that that culture, right, that car culture. And uh, yeah, Albo, um, uh, which I'm sure you, everyone in the audience knows, is a longtime friend from back, actually, when I was your age. <laughs> um, so we've known each other for quite a bit of time. Uh, when, did, when did you actually first discover uh, Albo's age? What, how old do you think you were? <coughs>
1: um, I think I was 13, maybe maybe 14. I think I was 13, yeah. It was, it was right around the time when he interviewed uh john fujinoki the man who was like around initial D, I think that video is at two years old two years old now that's one of the first videos i saw and it it that's is the reason why i'm as passionate about jdm cars as i am i never knew i knew japan is where all these cars came from but i never knew how like the the history and like, how rich deeper the culture was in japan than what it was in like the united states mm-hmm. and then when i saw like the whole japanese lifestyle it was it it's just something that i like, i i had to have a dream of like <laughs> I'm lost. yeah I, I i can i can words here, i can resume something that i want to experience myself and then seeing tokyo drift yeah it was, <laughs> it was just crazy seeing all of that and then how everything almost revolved around cars for car enthusiasts it wasn't just i've got a nice car everything was around cars and i just love that i wish i wish it could be more like that
0: um and i'll 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 say this like i i understand where you're coming from living in north america living in canada um there's a different vibe to our car our car culture compared to japan and i'm sure there's even a different vibe to your car culture in the UK compared to Japan. Um, personally, I, I think I I might resonate, and you can tell me if you know you might find differently. I just felt there was a lot more respect, a lot more modesty when it came to the car culture of the of, of in Japan compared here. Not to say that they don't have similarities everywhere. That there's there's different people, you know, different strokes for different folks. But um, there 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 is just something about the car culture there that's that's very very appealing um it feels like you can be you can personalize a car to your own preference and that's okay it, you don't feel so much judged and I think that's one of the yeah. things that uh um you can tell with with the uh, car culture there and I, I I have to say this man if you're that into car culture and that into J- Japan because Japan is more than just cars so you can see what you know kind of their 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 culture how it, it fed into cars it'd be very it's very interesting to see because I'm I myself studied things in Japanese culture that I noticed that kind of I guess you could say for lack of a better phrase bled into that uh, that community the car community so don't give up and get there man get there as, as any way you can because as you said uh, you're a fan of Captain Bradford he's he's from the UK as well and he's there so I'm sure you'll you could find a way to get yourself there as well and enjoy the lifestyle cars and, and culture as much as as much as he is, you know?
1: Yeah, because we, we talk a lot about like UK car culture and then
0: how he got
1: into how he managed to like have the experience of going to Japan and then like living there mm. and then being one of the most well known people in like the car community. Because we don't we don't know now because like Instagram is like still fairly new. It's it's not been around for like 10, 20 years. Captain Bradford is extremely well known. And then it's almost inspiring because he wasn't even like born in Japan. He's not from Japan. He's he's from the UK. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, the way he managed to like pull up all them levels and then now having his own platform, TDM Masters, is just that like, inspiring. And and uh is that uh, almost relatable as well? Cause we're both from the same country, and my I in the future might have the chance to do what he's doing right now.
0: Oh, definitely, man. I don't don't uh, sell yourself short. You definitely do, and you you're on the right tra- the right track to getting there. Because um, as I said, you're at you're you're at a very young age, and you have a wealth of knowledge, and are continually improving and learning. You'll definitely get there, man. Just don't don't give up. That's what I would say uh, on my part. Don't give up. Get there. Because I even had the chance of doing exactly what Albo did. Albo did uh, basically what I was looking to do, which was go into the Japanese English teaching program. Go to japan and enjoy japan while teaching english having a job and unfortunately it didn't work out for me in that case i'm still fortunate in where i live and everything i've gotten to at this point and especially even only the cars i have but um that would have been an experience but i'm still going to get to japan so i have not given that up as soon as i was actually supposed to go last year uh but unfortunately COVID did, covid did happen yeah, exactly so uh, i kind of put those plans on a halt but i'm still i'm still optimistic i think you should still be optimistic too so you'll definitely be able to do that um uh my next question is uh what car if any of them uh, and obviously it seems to be jdm that uh, pulls more towards you are you wanting to own and, and planning to 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 eventually obtain like the one number one car that is it the rx7 or is it something else
1: well it's, it's changed a lot i've had like 14 different dream cars that. I've been like dead set on like yes, I want this car. And then just the next week it changes as soon as I discover a new car. But <laughs> definitely now the the NSX anyone one is definitely on the top of my list. The the Type of variant with the purple headlights. It was the first generation.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That then honestly, that that's an awesome car. Have you seen those in person as well?
1: I've never seen an and an NSX in person. No. no. I really want to i feel like i appreciate it it is
0: it's it's a really nice
1: and like the attention to detail yeah it
0: is it is like like honestly i think you would uh you'd find it awesome i'm actually trying to pull up one because um yesterday i was at uh what do you call it um a uh an event for um it's called driven it was. Uh, it's a national event here in Canada, and I can tell you there was at least ten NSXs there. So you would have, uh, <laughs> you would have uh, blown your. Oh, blown your head it would have been crazy. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was literally. It was. I don't even. I. I still don't even know how to like really, kind of. Describe. Everything like it was, and, and one of the guys that I was actually with, um, he actually had um, uh, an NSX. I'm actually going to, let me just see if I can pull that up really quickly. Um, here we go. Okay, I'm going to share my screen so you can see, okay. Uh, let's see here. There we go. So you can see my screen, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think let's see if you can see it here. There it is. Oh <laughs> wow. That? <laughs> so that, that was
1: I don't know how to explain. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's their that's their main demo car. It looks, it
1: looks so wide as well. It's almost got like the old school, like the JTCC. Don't quote me on this because I'm not really sure about the difference between all these like Japanese racing series, but it almost looks like a GT car, like the flares and the body kit and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I man. It, it, and and it, has, it has the TEs that you, you actually mentioned too. <laughs> it has the TEs. Uh, everyone was taking pictures of it, as you can see. And, that, and also you could see the setting of where it was because it was in an underground, it was not underground, sorry, a parkade, outside parkade, where the, the two levels at the top, uh, the top level and the bottom level below that, they had like cars everywhere. So it was like a Tokyo Drift kind of thing. You would have, you would have, you uh, <laughs> I don't think you would have wanted to leave. <laughs> yeah, man. No. It, 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 was, it, was, it was quite something. And then um, like, I don't know, the way this car is, I, I can understand why you like it so much. Like, it just has a a different kind of vibe.
1: Um, it's like an, like an old-school Japanese car. It's been like a did you know. It's, got, it's almost it like a modern twist to it, like all the, the lines and edges and, like, the carbon fiber diffuser and the wheels and stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Even the, the wheels that you were talking about, the TEs right here, they're, man, <laughs> definitely want a pair of those. They are, like, they're... They're super
1: like, common that like. they're almost they're on like, most cars now
0: yeah yeah and i actually had a conversation with um the uh owner of this company kodawari collective in regards to that and uh he still says even they, though a lot of people have them still get them if you really want them like everyone's unique is uh build is really unique and that uh, you should definitely you know um build the car to how your specifications and not worry about others so even if it is common, man, or if you want something that, you know, is more even unique to you, still go for it no matter what, because everyone buys rims, right? <laughs> You'll see them all the time. You'll see the rims that you have at some point. But yeah, that, okay, so the NSX. NSX is I, So what do you think about the new NSX then, uh, if you like the, uh, the old one? Um, th-
1: the thing is, I never even knew the new NSX even existed, you know? Until like 2019. I never even knew it was out because I'm sure it was was
0: it first really like produced in
1: 2016?
0: Was it? I can't even remember. I mean I don't know myself. It was around 2016, I think. 2016? Okay, that's been out. It's yeah. been around for a few years then. Yeah. Um, because I actually I had it because I had a civic before, and uh when I returned my civic, actually it was last year. Last year I returned my civic and I I um saw the NSX in person like for the actually maybe not the first time you're right you're right the auto show is in 2016 that i went i saw the nsx for the first time and then seeing it in person go inside one was uh 2020 so yeah you like the interior do you what do you what, what do you like or what do you dislike about it
1: well uh i'm gonna be honest here the new nsx the 2016 and i think it's the 2021 it's uh i think it's 2016 to 2020 or 2016 to 2021 um i like the rear end it kind of resembles the nsx but is mostly on the looks you know uh it's not really it doesn't seem appealing to me it doesn't have like that kind of uniqueness the the NSX side because the NSX it's kind of like got a, like a weird body styling if you know what I mean like it doesn't really look like many sports cars or supercars but this one just looks like any generic Ferrari that or Lamborghini you would see to me it doesn't really stand out to me like the NSX did when I first saw it
0: yeah well but, and I agree with that the 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 old one was uh, deemed or termed uh, the Japanese Ferrari right yeah uh, so yeah I uh,
1: but the new the new new nsx i think it's 2022 onwards they they completely changed the whole front end and it looks a lot better now it's what like sharp headlights like a sharper from bumper and that's like one of the best looking new cars i've seen from the pictures i've seen if you go into honda's uh instagram you you'll see it there it's yeah. like a red nsx
0: yeah actually i'm gonna take a look i don't i've i haven't seen too many i i mainly watch uh which i'm sure you watch because it's a it's a uk-based uh, channel carwell and uh, oh yeah yeah Oh, I see them take out the NSX and I watch them take it out compared to the GTR because I'm a GTR fan, die hard. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, I they they were very adamant about how nice the NSX drove. There are other things that they weren't so happy about in terms of like the vents, some of the vents not being real vents and stuff like that. And, yeah. and the exhaust not having a very... Um, I don't know, uh, I guess you could say a sound that was very unique and, and it drowned. It, it, may, it kind of made you really want to drive the car, but this has a car just <laughs> yeah. drove overall well. So. I, so, I, so I'm guessing then if you still had the, uh, the options to one or the other, you'd go with the older NSX.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: Okay. Well, just to let you know, and, and uh, I don't know if you knew this as well. I'm sure you did because you've done a lot of research. Um, I actually met uh, three NSXs about a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know here, uh, because here we don't have Honda as the NSX um, uh, car for sale, the Acura NSX here. And uh, they actually had a factory, well, aftermarket, but still came as an option from the factory um, to supercharge your NSX from the dealer. I never knew that. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't think Honda did that. It might have only been the American.
0: Yeah, Acura. Acura. Yeah, I think they only did that. And um, it was funny that yesterday, uh, beside my car, uh, there was a another car that um, an NSX. I think it was a like the. I think it was, was it the Type R. I can't remember which one it was. It was yellow, and it had a supercharger in it. And a turbocharger had both. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? <laughs> is uh, the, it like I one think it, supercharger truck? The place. Of- I think it could they some way in terms of connecting with the manifolds and, and something. It, it could work. I've seen crazier things, but it could work. But it was it uh, it was unique to say the least.
1: Yeah, that's another thing I like about like modern technology is like. We could do all these things that 20, 30 years ago they didn't even think was possible, you know. Like, uh, I'm not I'm not really like um, familiar, but I think Link ECU is like one of is is it took past like a whole new level because it was so easy to like completely change the characteristics of like the way the car drives and then all the technology that we have. You- you're able to put a supercharger and a turbo on the same car, and then have it like managing to do all these things is definitely down to like modern technology. So in a way, modern technology has definitely helped way in cars of uh, being modified. and stuff.
0: For sure, having different engine management systems is definitely the case. I even have one right here. <laughs> I actually have a, uh, <laughs> a Hall <Haltech laughs> because I'm installing a Hall Tech in my in my Skyline. So it definitely helps things in terms of tuning compared to back in the day. So I actually was thinking about getting linked. I'm still. Very disabled, nice. I might still get with the Hall Tech. <laughs> um, so another thing uh, I want to ask is, um, in terms of the cars you had, like you you've looked at, uh, what intrigues you when it comes to like driving platforms, like? are you, you say you like the NSX, which is cool, but, and I, I, I think that tells me that you like the rear wheel drive platform and um, midship, does that go through all the cars that you kind of primarily like in terms of like um, rear wheel drive or do you like all wheel drive based on what you've heard and, and, and seen? Like, and, and in terms of um, also an add additional question to that, do you prefer things that are heavily modified or things that are closer to stock?
1: Yeah, well, um, for the first question, uh, it, I, for me, it always used to be rear-wheel drive because I think one of the main things that got me into cars in the first place, just generally cars, was drifting, definitely. And then Tokyo Drift, even though it came out like a year after I was born, uh, it was... <laughs> I, I've watched the movie so many times and uh, drifting was definitely like, one of the things that appealed to me and then having... Everything so flashy and uh, that like everything stand out on each car definitely appealed to me when I was younger. And then, but to be honest, now Honda's my favorite brand of all time. Honda, Honda, Honda fanboy, then, eh? Definitely Honda. And then the yeah, the EK9 type R, uh, is one of my dream cars as well. So I'll have to go for front wheel drive, front wheel drive would definitely be my top choice. Uh, I feel like is that like one of the best ways to uh, modify a car Honda because they have like Mugen and they have Spoon and the way both companies operate is uh, like quite different. Like Spoon is more around I don't have to explain it. It's more around racing and like JTCC and uh, GT and stuff like that is uh, more around. Uh, taking the abilities of the car and enhancing them rather than putting new, new parts in the car to make it a completely different car. It's almost like taking a stock car to its limits. And then Mugen is almost like, I made a post recently on the Mugen Double uh, R and uh, they completely changed the car. And even as an FD2 Type R, the Mugen Double R is going for like over 100 grand now. So I think front wheel drivers like, my all-time favorite
0: okay so, from wheel drive uh, so uh, um actually that's a good that actually uh before you answer the other question um stock versus modified what uh how old do you have to be to get a license in, in the uk i'm actually curious
1: um i think it's uh, 16 16 to get your uh provision license which is oh. like if you, you take lessons, if you're all right in driving, you can, uh, I'm not really sure how it works, but if you're supervised by somebody, I think you can drive legally on the roads. But I think you have to be 16 or 18, one of the ages, to get like a full license uh, in the UK. And it's quite hard because most people fail like multiple times before they actually get it. Oh, like, really? Actually, yeah. Oh, didn't know that. The no. laws are so strict down here, you know, like. It's, it's almost crazy. Like, it's almost like if they don't want you to drive <laughs> because
0: of how hot it is. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, you know what? I guess that's something you might share with Japan a little bit because uh, I think Japan, and I don't know if you guys have the same kind of licensing system, but Japan takes it a step further. I, I'm pretty sure you already know this, that they actually have you uh, an auto transmission license and a manual transmission license. Last time I checked. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we have that as well. You have that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that, that that's actually crazy for me yeah I, that's I, one of that's one of my greatest fears <laughs> don't be don't be afraid of it honestly after driving i've driven standard since i got my license and yeah. i didn't take my license um my my, my test with a standard vehicle but I, I i drove a standard car like pretty much within the next month um that's the one thing here in canada that it's kind of cool that we just take one license um, test. Well, we take two license tests. Actually, three. Sorry, one's a written test, and then the other two are. Yeah. It's almost like new.
1: Yeah, we. I think we have something similar. It's like actual driving, and then there's like theory, which is like understanding the like laws of the roads and stuff like that. Okay. But with especially with modern cars, like all modern cars now, mostly automatic or CVT, um, is like, I, I I never used to think like this, but now it's actually starting to, like, bother me a bit. What happens if, if whenever I drive, it might be 10 years from now, it might be one year from now, what happens if learning manual isn't even an option because most cars are, like, uh, automatic? Because people used to say that as a joke, but I think it's actually becoming the reality now with most cars. Oh well, like yeah. Actually.
0: Yeah, most because yeah. automatic sell. So. Sell more than than manual. You know, it's funny too. I don't know if you know this. That well, and I think it's the same worldwide. But um, automatic transmissions cost more than manual transmissions, so you'll see that cost reflected in actually purchasing a vehicle. So here, it's generally about two fifteen, twenty five hundred dollars Canadian. That uh, there's a difference in uh, between an automatic vehicle and a manual vehicle. The manual vehicles are cheaper. So that, uh, but yeah, you're right. Most most. The, the uh, manuals are being phased out. Like even uh, that was why even there's such a craze for the 400Z because it's still a um, authentic sports car, rear-wheel front engine, rear-wheel drive, which offered with a um, a six-speed manual transmission.
1: I was, I was actually surprised that it was even offered in a manual. Uh, uh, even though the Z or the 400Z wasn't, like most people weren't too hyped about it when it came out. I think that that's one of the things uh, Nissan actually listened was that they listened to what people wanted. They knew uh, people wanted manual and they offered manual. Like for the GTR, for example, that never came in manual to my knowledge. And yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's one of the major drawbacks of the car. I feel like if it came in a manual option, it would have... So many more people would have bought the car. So many more people would have enjoyed like the abilities of the car without having to not fully enjoy it because it's almost like you're just controlling the gas. You're not even like the car controls you rather than you're controlling the car. It almost feels like with automatic.
0: No, you're 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 absolutely right. Um, I don't know if it actually would have sold as much, but I I think I think actually, to be honest with you, and uh, and this is me just speaking as a GTR fanboy, um, Nissan fanboy at heart as well. I I think I understood from a business perspective, why they sold it in automatic. For one, for the car enthusiasts, um, if you're actually trying to track the car or drag the car, whatever type of racing you're doing with the car, uh, an automatic dual clutch transmission is the way to go because it, it, there's nothing that could shift faster than machinery. We all, ne- as human beings, we'll never be able to keep up. So you'll always be able to do things faster with the automatic transmission. But, yeah, there was a comeback, um, for the, the, the enthusiast that likes that visceral feeling. And even when I was actually um, looking for my GTR, uh, I actually kind of gave in to getting an R35 at some point before I actually found my, my R32. Uh, because, one, it's just hard to find them at a decent price. Uh, and, two, there was I, I actually went and test drove a uh, 2010 model R35. And it wasn't bad. It actually wasn't bad. I, I I'll say this: there's, there is a difference in feeling, like, definitely like a different car compared from the the GTR 35 to the R 32. The R 32 just feels everything's more manual, more analog. The 35, it, it can put down power. I'm not, I'm
1: not hating on that. The R32, no, no, right? no,
0: no. I, I wouldn't say that you do. I'm just saying that it, it's just a different car, and it just it it, is. It's, to be honest, is one of my favorite new cars. That's
1: how, even though it's outdated and old uh to most people it's as almost as old as me now <laughs> but, uh, yeah well actually a little older <laughs> so it's, yeah it's like one of those cars with it yeah they yeah. have like so many variants of the same car it's almost like there's a car for everyone you know like when i first heard about the GTR, i didn't like the way it looked it just looked a bit strange to me like as a little kid i didn't i didn't appreciate the car enough i didn't know what the gtr was and just by the looks i didn't like car But then since I've started my page and I just learned more about the car, especially on my recent post uh, about the two new GTRs, the two special editions that were unveiled five days ago now. uh, I I feel like the, I don't know if you've seen it, it's the 2022 uh, Nissan Nismo, it's Stealth
0: Grey uh No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. It. I, oh no, I saw your. I saw your post. Sorry. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, and the T spec. The that post. Yeah, I saw that post. Yeah. But
1: the stealth gray looks so good, man. That like, is like the whole car is that like, just looks like a monster. It's got exposed carbon bits. It's like mm, a, an almost illegal looking from one from what I can see, <laughs> and is almost like Nissan went to went to like. uh great lengths to like design the car and then just to see all the functional all the functional uh bits of the car like the carbon it is it's like this are going back to their roots you know
0: yeah because well, i feel like
1: they got kind of, they got kind of lost with the gtr in my opinion
0: uh yeah I, I'm, I'm sure all, i think all like you're right nissan it feels like, like they're they uh they didn't they weren't True to their like sports car nature, I guess you could say, as uh, they were in the past. But I'll say this: a lot of a lot of the companies aren't the same, and it's attributed to the fact that all these cars that we love, that old '90s, early 2000s JDM cars, they were built during the boom of of Japan, right in the in the late '80s, '90s, and where that was, uh, they they had the money to invest in the, the bubble economy. Yeah, the bubble economy. So that's, that's, that's the, biggest, the biggest difference now. It's all about giving a good business proposal to, to bring back cars. But I'm sure you're happy that, that uh, they're bringing back the, the Integra uh, as well. And um, there's rumor that they might bring back the S2K. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah. I'm, I'm, Man, I'm,
1: I got a whole plan in the future. Like, you know how people want all the cars from the 90s? everybody would want these cars as soon as they're cheap i'm grabbing all of them
0: (laughs) do it man hey maybe you might be rich that's my plan (laughs) hey man that's a good future that's definitely a good future hey maybe you might be uh um able to like take over the or build your own shop like uh, harlow harlow japan yeah um, so maybe you can do something like that (laughs)
1: that's one that's one of my dreams actually is it's that top secret you know yeah having having like my own Com- like brand or company that like has like, a lot of reputation and a lot of respect amongst like car enthusiasts. But then instead of only focusing on old Japanese like cars from the 90s and 80s, it's more like modern cars and like developing new technology. That's one of my dreams, you know, to like bring a lot more to uh the aftermarket JDM like, community than what's already out, like that top secret. I want to be on that almost
0: at the same level as them. You know, they're like legendary in my opinion. Hey man, start now. You're starting now with the, 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 the theory behind it, get your license as soon as you can and start doing other things like in regards to uh, automotive industry, just get, just immerse yourself into your passion and you'll get there, man. Um, that And I, I honestly, as I said, I commend you for even just starting this at such a young age. So again, as the, uh, I did pose a question, what, 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 uh, do you usually prefer to see stock, or like OEM look, or modified?
1: Um,
0: heavily modified. <laughs> that would probably be better.
1: I I prefer both, but for heavily modified, it's almost like what's what's your intention or like purpose of the car? If you if you you almost uh, I'll give you an example of the GTR or um, yeah we'll, we'll stick with the GTR. Uh, a lot of people now is it's really common to widebody them and yes. stance them or and like, especially with like old Hondas, most people do it now. Uh like stance them. It's almost like you're heavily modifying a car and putting dumping loads of money to this car to take the driving ability away from it. It's almost like you're 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 dumping money into something. Mm-hmm. No I, that is I, never gonna give you any enjoyment back, you know. Is I I respect people's opinion, but in my opinion, if you take the drivability away from a car, uh, you, you you're ruining it in my in my view. But then, uh, I prefer I prefer um, most of the time I prefer where cars are like close to like stock spec or let's say if a car is heavily modified, I prefer if it's almost like a, a brand that's like uh, that is built around the company like you have spoon is built around is built around Hunger and like top secret is mainly built around uh nissan and toyota and uh that's what i would prefer because i feel like if you the more knowledge you have behind a certain brand of cars it's almost like you're going to get more quality
0: for what you're what you're getting in a way okay so you so i'm so you have respect for both but yeah oem plus is the way is the way that you kind of prefer uh but yeah but at the same time, if you're building it for a purpose, it would be like a heavy, a heavy modified track car, then you can understand it is what you're saying, right?
1: And it, and it depends on the car as well. So if it's like an EK9 type or an NSX type or, the Honda have already done their job in making the car what it needs to, you know, like it's almost like you should enjoy the car the way it is. But then <laughs> let's say if you have an, an EK4 or something and you want to have it on the same level as like a type of, then yeah, modifying should be the way for you for so, like
0: uh, yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. And I think that's a Honda fanboy man, as yeah. well. <laughs> You're just like, I don't want you to destroy it, I want you to keep it yeah. the way it is. <laughs> no, I hear I hear I that. feel like the only
1: reason I became such a Honda fanboy is because
0: I felt sorry for all the Hondas that were ruined
1: across the world, you know. Some of us make me feel sympathy for
0: them. Oh I feel the same way, man, because uh the two forties, the the S13 um world the s chassis world has been the same way like you can't find s chassis the way it used to be and and the prices for them now are crazy yeah. like e- even though
1: yeah coming from the UK when you when it's almost funny because people from like the uh America they're like oh this s14 is like seven grand that's way too expensive for an uh, an well, s14 but over here for like 13 14 grand for stock, and like it's more like modified cars. I've seen one go for over 75,000 pounds. That's insane!
0: That's insane. It's, and the cool thing about the cars, uh, all uh, these cars that were released in, did you? Did you can I ask you a question? Actually, um, did you guys do you know if they sold S14s and S13s from Nissan directly in, in England? yeah
1: um there's an instagram account called
0: uh,
1: i think it's jdm england or jdm of england that's his actual recent post uh they did in fact release them it was very very limited and okay. they weren't really called the s13s and s14s uh because that the production numbers were so limited for both cars um, they were just called the nissan 200sx and people mainly refer to them as uh 200sx mark 1 and mark 2 the mark 1 being um the 180/slash 240 SX body style. Yeah. And then the Mach 2 being um, the S14 Series 1 and Series 2.
0: Okay. Okay. So, okay. So then, um, and the, so that means that you guys have the SR20s in there as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. They're up to UK spec. Hey. Like, you know, they might have like some like, regulations and stuff. Which is still
0: fine. Trust me. Compared to us, I'm sure you already know we had the truck motor from a Nissan truck. So you guys getting the SR20s was like heaven sent. I actually had to, I had an S13 and an S14, and I had to actually swap both a red top SR20 and my S13, and then and I got that from a whole half half cut of a 180 uh, from Japan, and then yeah. I had a whole half cut of a Sylvia S14, and I dumped that SR20 into my S14. So I had to go through some quite a bit of lengths in order to enjoy the original state of those cars. So. You guys are quite lucky, but given the fact that also you only said, you said they, they had limited production numbers, it's kind of sucks because that means that <laughs> people aren't selling them then, <laughs> or at least selling them at a reasonable price. The,
1: the, the good thing is the only, the only, um, cars, the only S or the 200 SX that I've seen for sale are mainly stock, like completely stock, nothing changed. And they very, very low mileage. That's wicked. So if- If you do pay, let's say thirty thousand pounds for an S fourteen, it's almost worth it, you know, because it's just going to keep increasing in price. Oh, and especially in America, like like uh, shells and motors are like such high demand for like drifting and stuff like that. Over here, drifting isn't like um like the main sport. It's almost like like highway racing, like motorway racing and stuff. It's like like drifting is here, but it's not as big as it is in uh America, or Or Canada, places like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, just got a couple more a couple more questions for you. Uh, what is the car culture like in the UK? Is there a big range of things that happen in terms of car culture? Car culture, like, is it similar to North America, or more closer to Japan, or its own unique um, kind of way? Yeah, well, car culture in general, uh, we're going to talk about
1: like cars from all over the world in um, the UK. The UK has like its own unique culture that's not to- my taste at all because it's very it's very like bland you know everybody's like almost like copying each other you know like m- like the cars dominating like the racetracks and stuff like that are like brand new you know like amgs and um 4s m5s rs3s and stuff like that that's like the only cars you see out now and it's it's almost like there's no uniqueness and then you and then you have like um board focus sts and rs's and stuff like that but it's almost like there's so many of those and then like uh the japanese the jdm cars is almost like hidden away is that like overshadowed by these like brand new sports cars and then the companies that you do see uh and like the like the car that like the smaller companies is mostly um, american like have the ford uh, uh focus and fiestas rather than like the japanese
0: cars you know that's actually pretty um but, uh, that's that's pretty uh interesting for me because just and and it seems to be the same thing even in japan because uh, i i guess like because it's not something that's as easily well, maybe i don't know if it's not easily as accessible but maybe it's just not as seen it's more unique a lot of like american cars are making it over to europe and 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 asia seems to be and it seems to be like the the the, the kind of hot thing to do you know yeah, which is um, but it's
1: almost like in in the UK the only thing people care about is power. You know, like these RS threes, uh, they almost like a thousand horsepower plus. Wow,
0: a thousand horsepower RS three. Every RS three on like, yeah, um, wow, that's crazy. Somehow they're road legal as well. Wow, I think uh, okay, I could understand maybe an RS five, uh, but uh, even an R eight, but. <laughs> Like that's, that's, that's insane. (laughs) Okay. Audi, Audi listened
1: to their, their uh, customers and uh, their enthusiasts because they delivered, you know, the RS3 is like built like a brick as well. According to people, it's so reliable, but it's almost like the the, the 2JZ, the 2JZ is like the the stock motor isn't as powerful as it can be, but just a little bit of money can make this car like fly, you know,
0: like that. Built strong and also the audi is easily accessible because it's a european car right so yeah, yeah. Oh, okay oh, that's pretty cool oh well uh my last question really and truly is uh, uh just in terms of your own personal opinion um what is being a jdm car enthusiast mean to you like when you hear the words jdm what comes to mind what, what? do you want to, what do you want to portray as a jdm car enthusiast
1: Well, uh, this is a very hard question to answer. <laughs> because,
0: I don't make it easy. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, like if you ask anyone this question, like what does being a car enthusiast mean to you, or why do you like cars, It's almost like a question that's like even science can't answer. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like an Im- it's impossible to answer. But mm-hmm. for okay. me, that, what is Thank meant, you. like what does it mean to you? Is almost like. What what do you bring? What do you, what is like this like? What do you as an individual bring to like uh, like car like cars in general? Like do you are you like are you fans of them? Do you like support them and do you own one? Uh, it's almost like what, like how how do you like what's your like? I don't have to explain it. It's almost like who were you in like uh, the car the car culture? Like what kind of person are
0: you? What kind of that's true. Okay, so I guess it's a bit ambiguous. I you like um, your character. <laughs> um, okay, so let me say this: um, being since you're such, a, let's 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 kind of put it down to a little bit more specifics. Since you're such a Honda Honda fanboy, um, when be, when you think of JDM, like what is it that you uh, with Hondas that you want to do with Hondas? And, and it can be aspiring to the dream that you mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah. For
1: me, it's mainly enjoying enjoy, enjoying um, like the amount of effort uh, Honda's put into these cars. And like one thing that, this might go a little bit against the question you've asked me, but like, one thing I'm really dead against is I respect collectors, but buying a car with super low miles and then just storing it is almost like, <laughs> that's just a waste of a car you know like if you never have intentions of driving it but you also don't have intentions of selling it it's almost like that car could have been meant a lot more to somebody else you know and then for me Honda's is like, such a great platform like the EK9 or like the EK4 is such it's like built to a certain level but there's so much you could do with it like you could like there's like, a rally there's uh you could like build a drag car you could there's so much you could do with like a like a, a clean canvas you know and then just like preserving the cars as well like driving them but enjoying them the way they are and like not ruining them like that kind of reputation Honda has after like Fast and Furious
0: no I I came out, everybody started ruining their Hondas you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah trust me I I was in high school at the time when Fast and Furious came out and uh <laughs> every eg6 and older uh civics i don't even know the chassis code for the civic be- uh, the hatchback before that every one of uh like m- like uh my classmates and certain certain classmates certain demographics were buying those up and uh, yeah there wasn't it wasn't uh, personally for me it wasn't done tastefully in, in the way i think they should be done but you know what everyone has their preference so i got to respect it Man. but yeah I, I i i hands down agree with you um there's a part of me that you know what if you have the money I, I can understand why you're using the money to invest it and in buying those cars but it does seem kind of a waste to be kind of like a museum museum curator of cars I, but at the same time you also want to do you also do appreciate the ones that are are kind of storing the cars and they're like putting them in for example like uh like a shop that you can go get your car worked on, and then look through a museum of like cars from like the old Z to the new Zs. So there's there is certain ways. Yeah, uh, that
1: that I appreciate, but is when like uh, collectors keep a car and they they don't have any intention of driving it or selling it, they just put it under a cover and like a garage somewhere, and you never
0: ever see it again. Yeah, no, I almost like well, what's the point? I I I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Which is why uh, it hurts me so much when I see all these GTRs going for these prices. Yeah, because um, collectors that, definitely
1: influence influence that like the uh, the price of cars, like hands down.
0: But I'll be honest with you, and nothing against you guys in the United States. Uh, I'm, I'm hope I'm sure there are many uh, skyline owners and and car, and JDM car owners that have purchased them and they're enjoying them. But it is a, it is a lot to do with the United States of why the price is inflated so, so much. Cause I'll be honest to you. We have a 15 year rule here in Canada that uh, as long as the car is 15 years old, we can import it from anywhere in the world. And oh, 15 years ago when the skyline was first being imported, they were nowhere near these prices. So it, it's, uh yeah. It has to do with a lot with the States because this is a supply and demand. They only made so many cars and there's so many people that want them. Right. So it is unfortunate, but it is uh it is a way of life way of business so but i appreciate your question sure. yeah
1: yeah uh, about your gtr um mm-hmm. you know how there's a 15 year rule in canada um what what were the prices like when you first like got interested in looking at the gtr from what i understand you've been like a gtr fan for a long time uh if the prices were like quite low um what like what were the prices like when you even first thought about getting like a GTR or, or like a Skyline or any any JDM
0: car? I, I can definitely let you know. So first of all, just to give people a background and yourself a background, the reason why I got into uh, JDM cars is simply because of this <laughs> initial D. Initial D is the reason why. I um, I was 16, so yeah, 15, 16 around your age. I was just tr- starting to get into cars and. Um, I found I wanted to get a Prelude at first. I I did what you were doing. I was uh, walking around seeing cars, and I saw Preludes, and I wanted to get a Prelude. Those were too expensive, so I went to the two four. My uncle had one. Oh, he had one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, See, those things were were really nice. I just this
1: one uncle had a lot, like a lot of Japanese, like legendary cars. Like he had a three hundred ZX Z thirty two. He had the Prelude. He had an Integra. He had so that's maybe your JD enthusiasm. Uh, and... He a car, had a three fifty. <laughs> definitely he's he's like that that's like the first taste of cars i got and then uh my other uncle uh, funny story was i think i was eight years old or seven maybe uh i was the ps4 had just come out you know and we pre-ordered it um and we were meant to get it on the day it came and it came it was released in november and i got it april the next year that's when it came and in (laughs) that At the time, I was devastated. You don't understand. I was devastated. And then my uncle actually lent me his old PS2. And it was the first game I ever played on PlayStation was Gran Turismo 3, I believe. And that definitely was uh, one of the best games I've played. Um, I played the game uh, recently. I watched a few videos on it. And it's almost crazy that to me, everything was so realistic, looking back at it now it's like the graphics are so bad but back then, it's, almost like you, it's almost like you can't even tell like to me to me it looks so realistic that's all i can't remember it looks so real but then looking back at it now it's almost
0: like oh it's hard it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to play old games trust me i have uh my uh my mini playstation and mini nintendos here and sometimes when i'm when I'm playing on like i'm yeah. a
1: nintendo enthusiast as well I, I like everything old you know there's such some I think something wrong with me
0: Nah, man, you're 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 a retro guy. There's nothing wrong with you. Stick with that, because trust yeah. me, there's retro guys right now that are collecting all these things, and they got millions. Trust me. Yeah. Millions worth of uh of paraphernalia, but um, just to get back to what I was trying to say, like not too long ago. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, no, no it's cool. You can, you
0: can go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I was um saying that. Uh, I got the 240 i bought that for 1800 uh canadian i don't know what that would be in uh pounds i'm sure you can do the conversion um but yeah i bought that for eighteen hundred dollars I, I i paid about three grand 30 uh, 35 i'd say four grand in total to swap the sr into the car so that's the sr and the swap and then uh, shortly after that i started I, while i was watching initial d i noticed the r32 and i was like wow and the way they they i'm sure you do you watch initial d right I, I, you had to have watched Initial D. <laughs> oh
1: yeah definitely uh, okay things, i got into it really late I that's okay really
0: late. yeah that's okay i knew it was initial d one god midnight those are the best trust me watch those i watch these i've things. watched
1: them all i've watched
0: them all and uh watch also shuto kosuku uh you'll also watch uh, if you haven't seen that i'll send you uh i'll send you the uh, links after You'll love those. Those were real-life Initial D movies. Thank you. Um, But yeah, so I I saw the 32 in Initial D, and it had such a presence, such a menacing presence. I'm sure you remember, like, the little background music, like the opera music that used to come on when they put the 32 in the show. And I, I was just immensely impressed. So I believe the 32 was able to be imported, I think it was around 2006. Five or six around there, yeah, 2005 or 2006, and they started coming in. 32s were selling for like 50, uh, like the lowest one you'd find is maybe 10 grand, and the highest you'd find is maybe 20, 22.
1: That's still pretty expensive back in then. It
0: was, it was, but relatively speaking, out, to now it's no. Like to, compared to now, that's like a, a half or a third of a, of the cost of what they are now, right? Yeah. So yeah, they were they were they were a lot cheaper. Um, you could get a GTS uh, for like eight five to eight grand. But GTRs, yeah, like like I can tell you this: my GTR, the one I have in my garage, the owner when he first purchased it back in two thousand and eight, he bought it for ten grand.
1: That's a solid price when r34s were like first i believe this would be
0: around 2010 for uh, r34s would have been 2014 at the earliest oh yeah i'm getting mixed up between the r33
1: and the r34 uh yeah what were were those prices like because it's still kind of pretty close to
0: uh, so i'll I'll even say the r33 is just so you have a complete array of understanding. So the 33s, back, so 33s would have been 2000, yeah, it would have been around 2009-10, right? Um, So the 33s, I actually had the opportunity to get 33 because I had sold my S14 and I was looking at uh, potentially getting another JDM car. Um, I found a Supra, a Mark IV Supra 93 for 12 grand I wish I had bought that, but I didn't. And then I found two 33s, two Midnight Purple 33s. I still have the pictures. Uh, one V-Spec, midnight one.
1: Purple.
0: Yeah, I'll send you the pictures. Um, that were going for 20000 and one going for 23000 for the V-Spec. So that was the prices for the r thirty. That's not bad. That's bad. <laughs> I wish I would have bought that right now. I could have bought two of them (laughs) right here right now but um yeah that was the price of the 33 GTRs once when they were available I ended up buying a 350z which the only reason I did is because people got in my head and that's another thing don't let anybody get in your head if I was to give you any advice just do your research and then buy what you want because you don't want to ever regret yeah funny funny how you said you were like almost like not manipulated but like into getting
1: in the 350s So that's exactly what we my uncle. We were having a conversation, and he said he wanted an S2000, and everybody kind of put him down on that idea, like it's like a girly car and stuff like that. And then he went to go and get a 350, and he enjoyed it. But
0: you do enjoy it. You
1: wish you wish you got an S2000.
0: Yeah, same here. I enjoyed my 350. It was fun. It was a great car, but it wasn't truly what I wanted. And I would have enjoyed the my R33 GTR a lot more. Now, when the 34 came out, the 34, as I said, was um, it was available to be imported 2014-15. I won't lie. Some people got it here in other ways. Uh, but when I when I first started seeing them, I actually didn't see one in person until last year, actually. Two, yeah, last year. I until, it wasn't last year, until last year I saw one in person. But um, I did know because I was looking because my friend was in Japan and uh, he went to learn English, uh, Japanese in Japan. And he was looking at them for me and sending me like Yahoo auction um, or just, just basically auction um, uh, sheets and showing me the prices. They were still expensive, but they, you could have gotten an R34 GTR uh, for about, I'd say, minimum 50 to 60 and the maximum 70 to $80,000, Canadian. Which is it's
1: funny because those are pretty similar to the price. I'm sure the R34 GTR was very, very limited, but I'm sure it was released or like produced in the UK. But that's similar to the prices of them going in here now. It's like 50 to 60 upwards, but in, in America, like they're going for like over 100 now. It's,
0: it's almost like oh, you can, they've I, lost this. I, I, I could tell you this no matter where it is in the world now. Um, R34s aren't selling for less than 120, and if in a decent condition one with low mileage, you're not paying less than 160 Canadian. Yeah. So it's it's there's even right now um, I, I can send you a picture of this. Uh, there's an R34 um, V spec, sorry R34 GTR M spec Nür edition in uh, just about an hour away from me. Sitting in an office right now, that car was purchased for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars Canadian. Now, oh wow!
1: Now oh, that,
0: me away. that person won't let that car go, and they bought that a year, two two years ago. They won't let that car go for less than half a mil. So. That, that just shows you how I would do the same. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to say no. And I, I understand it. It's just as a as a enthusiast, like I I wanted that car. The 34 I wanted. I wanted it hands down. Um, it's just I loved everything about it. How aggressive it looked. Everything about it, like the lights. It was just the perfect skyline for me. But um, I, and I I'm not uh, I'm not unhappy that I compromised because my 32 is, is 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 amazing and I have the exact same engine. Right. It's just I that. You you want sometimes you just want something entirely and it's sad to think that like you can't do it anymore i'm sure you actually you even know um since you watch albo and you watch uh, captain bradford you know masaki right um their friend
1: oh yeah the one uh with the his dad has the blue author. 34 and he has the fd2 now
0: yeah yeah well he actually doesn't yeah. have that anymore he uh he sold that and he has a um a gr oh wow I didn't know that. Yeah, so he, he bought that lower than uh, 40 grand US, like I think just under that. Well, it's not his, his um, not he didn't buy that. His R34 GTR that his father bought back in like 2010 was bought for like less than 40 grand US. So it, it just, that would have been reasonable. <laughs> now it just, it doesn't, it's just insurmountable sometimes. I even spoke to a guy yesterday that has a Lamborghini Aventador SVJ right? That car is what, $700,000 a year? Um, he just purchased a red, very limited edition red R34 GTR in Japan for $240,000. Wait, what car was this? So uh, the, the, uh, the person I spoke to yesterday at the, the event for the Driven show, he has a Lamborghini Aventador SVJ. So he, he's, he has a lot of money right? He he also has an RX-7 FD that's being built, so I'm sure you can appreciate that. I'll send you that when I get pictures of that. And he just recently purchased an R34 GTR. I'm pretty sure it's a V-spec and a limited red color. I didn't even know it was available for $240,000 Canadian.
1: $240,000. Yeah. That's my... Oh, I can't
0: believe, I can't believe
1: this, you know. There's like almost no hope for me, you know. <laughs> what am I do?
0: Yeah. Honestly, man, okay. If I was to uh, give any advice for somebody your age, if you can get some of these classic cars for a decent price, do it. But the price, the decent price is going to be relative depending on the time and because things keep jumping up. But I also would say this. If you can get one of the modern cars of today, or more modern cars, go for that, because eventually that will become one of the cars most sought after. Three fifties are are have apparently cre- increased in price already. Um, like I, I, if I was to say, I know you're not a big fan of them, but if you can get an R35, get one. I still want one. <laughs> so, I, and because that, remember, it's been out yeah. for so long. It's. I'm a, of,
1: I'm, I'm a big fan of them now because I've like appreciated the car a lot more
0: exactly and it's gonna and it, it is hands down a great gtr so uh, if you can i shoot for that i'd say shoot for it but go for whatever you want i just just know that unfortunately just like uh the old porsches of the 1980s and 90s um there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be cost to it because they're not, I not... Feel
1: like the author especially in the uk most of the modified cars that you see at these meets are Mainly GTRs. GTRs are so, so common around here. Like more common than they should be, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, um, I, I um, wish. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna I feel like they're gonna become one of the most like uh available cars, you know, because first like production was limited, but there's so many now. I reckon you could pick up, let's say in five, 10 years from now, you might be able to pick up like a 2013 or 2014 GTR for less than 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, (laughs) but I don't think so, personally. (laughs) Yeah, I think now the ones from 2007 and 2008 are almost 50, 50,
0: around 40, 50. And maybe three, four years from now, they'll be even lower. I think uh, for here, um, the 2000, because they came out here in 2008 or 9, those models, they're selling for the lowest I've seen is sixty grand, but they got a lot of mileage on it. Um, majority of the decent cars are selling for uh, 70,000. 70, 70, and the, I'll say this: they don't most most people aren't going for the two thousand nine to, to two thousand eleven model because of the previous issues with the transmission. Um, more of the bit less people are going for the two thousand twelve. Have yeah, a
1: bad reputation.
0: Yeah, but then, to be perfectly honest with you, I I'm friends with a mechanic who's built uh, the fastest GTR 35 here in Canada uh, on the drag strip, and he's told me like GTR is a GTR. If you keep launching it, things are going to break. It can be fixed. It can be built stronger. So just mind like just be mindful of that. You're going to have to put some money to make sure that you know it's it's built stronger. But to be perfectly honest with you, I've never even launched my 32, and I'm not planning on it. So. <laughs> um, just enjoy the car with some spirited drives every now and then and you, you have fun take it to the track enjoy it just make sure that you're doing the preventative maintenance that you can and putting any preventative modifications in case you are pushing the car a little harder than normal and you'll enjoy a car so as i said i, I would recommend going for like yeah. uh like, talk, talking to you say again i
1: was uh like talking to people like you and other car enthusiasts about uh like the future like it almost makes me appreciate it more you know when that time comes around with me like buying a car thinking about it, there's so many options that i could get it just do, it just doesn't have to be japanese it could be any car but like there's so many great cars that are still out there that are underrated that people never really appreciated but now people are starting to appreciate them like the mark seven Silica, car and celica um that people people feel like uh to, to ruin that part because it made it front wheel drive but <laughs> if you do proper research on it uh the engine is very similar to um the f-series engine uh not the f-series i believe it's the f-series i can't remember off the top of my head the one that was in the s2000
0: they would work in a very similar way oh yeah they're very good as well as i think the engine actually is used in the lotus elise as well the silica engine yeah so, yeah you, you have a lot of options man don't 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 Feel down about it. Like, yeah, some of these things are getting ridiculously priced, but there, I, I actually agree with uh, what Samit had said recently. And there's going to be a roof uh, that, because not everyone's going to want to spend that much money um, on these cars. And once it hits the roof, it usually has to come down a bit to get a little bit more stable. It's still going to be, I'd say, unfortunately, higher than it has been in years prior, but it won't, it, it, it can't climb forever it just it just can't no one has that much money but it's all good man but I mean, you'll get it you'll get it for sure and we'll we'll once you get that once you get your license we'll uh we'll do another podcast to see how, how how the license uh getting the license worked and how you enjoyed that and see if you test drove any other like uh nice cars to get kind of uh get like your, a year from now yeah dip dip your toe in, into the uh into the uh, driving world but um just to wrap this up man uh, Honestly, it's been. Uh, pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, what are your social handles for people to follow you and uh, see what, what uh, you're at on a day to day basis?
1: Um, first of all, thank you for having me. It's like an honor being here. Like it's like a very uh, it's like a milestone almost being on a <laughs> podcast. You know, it's like it's almost like being on TV for me. Like, <laughs> um, my Instagram is C1JDM. And my second account is club motoring official. Um, and I post uh, mainly Japanese car stuff on those accounts. And I'm also about starting a YouTube channel very soon, which I'm working on,
0: but um, it's going to be hard work, but I'm up for it, you know? So yeah, thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. And I, I honestly, I look forward to uh, seeing all the content that you post. And trust me, I'm just like you. I'm starting out to be a content creator, just, you know, sharing our passions. Let's let's do it together. Let's uh, like make the car enthusiast world a better place in terms of, you know, spreading positivity and enjoyment of of cars of all kinds, no matter where they're built or manufactured.
1: All right. 100 percent. For sure. I've seen you teach years, you know, I'm I'm waiting for more.
0: Uh, Oh, Don't worry. I've I've got, I'll be actually after this um, finishing the edit on uh, the video with uh, a podcast with Albo. So you'll, you can enjoy that. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks again. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Locked and Loaded JDM. Stay tuned for uh, more. I'll be uh, interviewing some more uh, interesting and unique people around the world. Uh, So stay tuned. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, And if you have any suggestions of any kind of content that you'd like to hear, please reach out to me via Instagram at LockedAndLoadedJDM. That's my Instagram handle, L-O-C-D-A-N-D-L-O-A-D-E-D-J-D-M. And send me a message. I'd be more than happy to respond and put out any content that you'd find particularly interesting. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.